Hello all and welcome to episode 9 of Two Psychs in Nikes. Today's episode we will discuss morality in sport and we will ask the question, does sport actually build character? We will chat about real life events that brought into question moral behaviours of athletes, teams, coaches and hopefully bring a little bit more understanding onto this topic. As ever, if you think anyone else would benefit from some of the topics discussed in this episode, please share it on and spread the word. We can't do it without you guys, so here we go. Enjoy the episode, episode 9, Morality in Sport. Hello all, and welcome to episode 9 of Two Psychs in Nikes. I'm Jody, And I'm Larry. And this week, again, unfortunately... It doesn't look like we're going to be on YouTube, just to let you know, we haven't disappeared. So anybody that has been a regular listener, um, please look out for us on either Acast or Apple Podcasts. The problem is um, just the connection is just doesn't seem to be good enough. So um, we can't record the Zoom. But look, it's we're, we're still we're still doing it and hopefully um, it doesn't bother you too much. So how's things there? Um, how, how are you keeping? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, you know, yourself. Yeah, I have my ups and downs and yeah, as everybody else probably is during this period in time. Yeah, we're a good few weeks into it now and uh, like we don't know how long it's going to go on. It's almost becoming kind of just like going for groceries is like a real highlight of the week. It's funny, isn't it? Um, like I actually, we make a bit of a bit of a day of it like and um, like usually yeah. usually one goes in for the groceries and the other one we like sits in the camper or hangs out or walks to like brings the dog for a walk or something but um i i wanted to say to you i i the other day i did my very first online guitar lesson i was teaching it and uh i just i remember the story from a uh, i started playing about three years ago and um mm-hmm. it was out of the blue i wasn't really a, a i wasn't I, I was never i never played guitar i made a mind play guitar and i never never touched it i there was two things i didn't do as a teenager play guitar and use a computer like i remember i used to go mm. to my mates and he had this thing called was it quake or doom it was one of them games on pc mm, probably doom doom you walked around with a gun like it was like a shooting up and, yeah and like this was this was very advanced for me i was like wow this thing is amazing and they had it set up in, in the in the living room on a desk like it was like like this it was like a this big deal and i remember any time i touch yeah. it any time i touch it and play there for whatever reason i'd hit something and the thing would either crash or he'd have to shut it down i was like a jonah with this thing and <laughs> I, I i that's how i felt with a guitar so anyway a few years ago me dad just presented uh, a ukulele it was a christmas and he just out of the blue uh, son look come on here's here's two ukuleles for me and my partner so we we said well mm. okay we'll have a go we'll have a say but we brought them home and he got us a tuner he said it's i hear it's very important the tuner so we were such yeah we were so new to it and such like eggheads that we brought it home and we yeah. put the tuner on and we tried to tune each string to the same tone like we <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wasn't even thinking man i put it on the on the on the lowest string and i thought Right, we'll get that going. And then and that said number <laughs> like number four or whatever. Say it was E. And then we tried to tune yeah. them all to E. Because I, oh. I, I had no that this is how 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 no clue. No clue. And I thought oh, Jesus, this sounds terrible. I wonder I wonder are we just that bad that they sound this bad? And the two of us were a bit 
Jeez, we maybe we look it up because we thought we've a long, long road. If this is how bad it sounds, I'm. And I, I, re, I recently I bought myself a violin last summer when I was. I I bumped into you actually. A violin. Yeah, yeah. I bought a violin. I think it was the day I bumped into you by chance in in Dublin when you were sitting in the cafe that that day. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. And I I think I after I met you I said I had this I just had this 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 moment of magic where i said i'm going to buy a violin i kind of had this thing so i have it here and i'm i'm just trying to teach myself through online or whatever some people kind of get the impulse to buy shoes or <laughs> you know bit <they're> clothing <laughs> yeah no no that's not the way it up for me so yeah i got a violin and i came back and i remember i remember me uh, my partner was sitting in a cafe and i just walked in with this like case and she was like what the what, what, what's the story and what? i just <laughs> i just went for a violin so anyway i've been dabbling away but unfortunately it's the kind of instrument that it's it's not the funnest instrument to learn or it's not the easiest on the ears okay. it is geez, yeah yeah you know what I mean? Like at least with it'd be like learning the drums. I think when you're, you know, that kind of it's yeah, for the yeah. for the other person yeah. in the house, it's a bit of a pig. Like so, uh, yeah. But that's that's it. Mm. So, uh, I'm about you. Yeah. Do, do, are you? Do you ever do you ever get an inkling for a new instrument, Aaron? Um, I do have a guitar, and uh, look, I suppose I'm not willing to put the work in. You know, yeah, it does take. It does take. But the work, yeah. 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 It's that learning curve is it's you know, um I have got lessons over the years. I actually went and did singing lessons one time with uh I, I did um a singing course with a group of women. I was only going to class and at the the kind of crescendo of the whole course we had to sing in front of each other and uh, oh my god, it was the most uh, difficult thing I've probably ever done was sing in front of some a group of people. That's impressive that and, you did that, um, yeah. Mm, and then I went uh, and I, I found, you know, Aslan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found uh, Christy Dignam's uh, vocal coach. I didn't kind of look, he just happened to be Christy Dignam's vocal coach and he, he worked with Christy for his whole career, but he still does. Hmm. And um, I went, I booked a session with him and he was like, okay, I'm sitting down in front of him. He's like, okay, yeah, do you want to go ahead and let me hear what you sound like? And oh, to me, it was like, I can't just like <laughs> can't just sing no, in front of you, no. and for him it was just a given that like, you just he has to hear me sing like. But I'm like no, I like, I can't uh, give me I some background sat, music or something like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could I couldn't sing. It was so awkward. So um, yeah, I think I'm more of a I'm more of a like a spectator. Yeah, it's 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 one of the yeah. most nerve wracking things, isn't it? Especially if you haven't like, but then. Do you ever, I, I know a family that grew up around the, in the theatre and you only have to mention like um, you only had the slightest little like lyric might come to mind and they're they're standing up on the countertop and they're like oh, I see you over there and, and you're thinking <laughs> well I wish I had even like 5% of that kind, yeah. you know oh it's brilliant yeah. So um so this yeah, very interesting. So this week on the show we are going to discuss um morality. It's it's morality in sport mainly but it's I mean it's a bit of a, a minefield this topic because it's not black and white there's a lot of things there but morality in sport is one of those things that you could get lost in it and we both we both said this week we will take the same topic and we'll get stuck into it. So um Lara, I'm just wondering, do you do you have anything to kick off with, or did you find anything that blew your mind or was was of of huge interest? Yeah, well, I did because um, 
I've been reading that book, uh, The Hand of God, uh, about Maradona and his career. And when you mentioned about talking about morality, there was a, there was a paragraph in the book which I recalled. And it was like the, when you kind of think of morality, I suppose you kind of think of the, the put it like positive side of morality, you know, like the fair bit. You, would, you kind of don't, what's the opposite to like immorality, you know? Um, where does morality to be immorality, you know? But yeah. Uh, so this does this paragraph stood out? Well, I have it here in front of me. I'll just read it. It's a quote. It's not a paragraph. Um, and it's a word, uh, Argentine uh, word called uh, viveza. And um, I'll read the sentence out. It says, in Argentina, the English concept of fair play is not as popular, popularly recognized or indeed applauded as that of viveza. And um, what vivesa means is, it literally means liveliness, uh, but it's used to mean like craftiness or trickery. And it's uh, it's never used in a derogatory sense. So it's like it's like that kind of, you probably hear it in Ireland, like now someone does something a bit unhanded, you know, mm. it makes a bit of money on the side and someone gives them a, a clap on the back and say, ah, fair play yeah, to you, you know. Yeah. You know, that kind of uh, school, yeah. crafty, skullduggery kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's not like it's it's if you're to kind of think of it in a moral context, you might think like trickery and craftiness is <laughs> very uh, morally high standing. But then yeah. it depends on the context and the country and the culture, you know. So there's, yeah, it's like you said, it's a minefield. It really is. When I looked into it. It's not straightforward at all. Like that's brilliant. V- it really v- isn't. Viveza is, is that what the word was? Yeah. Viveza. Yeah. Viveza. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I when I was when I was kind of looking back on literature. So in academics, um, there was a Bandura is one that that we come up an, an awful lot. Uh, Bandura was has studied a good few different topics, but and not just in the sports psychology world, but more in the mm-hmm. general psychology world, but. Um, like to be to be rarely I would write a paper without mentioning Bandora, but he, he in the nineties, um, he he did like a he kind of split um moral behavior, and he mm-hmm. he, he split it into inhib- inhibitive and proactive, right? And that like this is even the subtleties of differences because if you think um I'm trying to think yeah say I'm gonna put it into a so say you're in the box we'll just do football or soccer, we'll. You're in the box and somebody makes a lunge and you don't go down. You could probably leave your, your foot trailing and you could go down, but you don't. That's That would mm-hmm. show inhibitive behavior. But then if you are proactive, you would actually, you would say, um, I'm trying to, yeah. So say when Thierry Henry, the famous incident where he handled yeah. the ball and then scored and knocked Ireland out of the world. Yeah. We all know this. That would have meant that Henri, if he was proactive, he would have turned around to the referee and actually explained the situation. I think was Robbie Fowler, um, ah, oh, back in the nineties. I think David Seaman. Um, I remember he was playing against Arsenal, and there was an incident in the box, and um, Fowler actually said to the ref that that's that, like the ref blew for a penalty, and Fowler stood up and said no that's actually not a penalty but the penalty went ahead the referee stood by his decision but Fowler that's he showed proactive behaviour there by saying it's not a penalty you know is it like when you say proactive do you mean someone's been 
upfront and honest and saying, here, look, actually, um, either they're holding their hand up and saying, no, I, I dived or I actually wasn't fouled. Yeah. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. So okay. in, inhibitive behavior would just be um, like, it wouldn't be as as distinctly moral as the proactive where you would actually st- be, would that be more in the skullduggery category um yeah maybe like yeah i suppose <laughs> it would be kind of like i they didn't see it like i'm i'm gonna run with it but it's um yeah yeah, yeah but this yeah, this, this the best but this is where we're this is the problem with even this topic because it's like so one person's and there's there's this other thought as well that uh, sport especially sport and when you play games mm-hmm. you, you don't show the same moral behavior as you do outside so like a lot of us might be really really um we would show really principled morality outside the sporting world mm-hmm. but as soon as you as soon as you get on the pitch or on the court or the, you, you become there's a little there's a little switch and you kind of almost uh, it's a bit of a dissonance like you you kind of um you think that some things are okay because that's just a norm in that sport you know now diving diving has become a norm Mm -hmm. and although it's it's completely um immoral behavior but it's almost like if you don't dive now you're seen as an amazing individual whereas actually that's that should be the norm you know so there's 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 a deviation yeah 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 or if you don't dive you could be seen as someone who you could be looked down on because you're say if your team is losing one nail in a final, you know, a World Cup final, and the striker um, had an opportunity to dive and could have got a penalty, but didn't. Like, say if, it, say if he fell over and he said, turned around to the ref, said, no, actually, I fell over, and the ref said, oh, okay, I was going to give a penalty, but I won't now. Most likely, the people wouldn't be behind that type of uh, morality, you know. They, they'd probably rather him go down and, and get the benefit of the... Haven't dived, even though he he wasn't actually fouled. So it, you could be looked down on for not diving, or for not like um, you could be looked down on because you're you have a a strong morality. Yeah, and you're practicing fair play. Like if if Thierry Henry had have handled it, and then just like and let the ball go out of play and said, "Oh no, like look, I hold my hand up." That was, but at the end of the day, he scored. France went through. They would have like there would have been a lot of money on the line, a lot of um, like the whole team were counting on this and beyond, like backroom staff, everyone, a whole nation was resting on this goal. So, I like what was wrong mm. in a way. It's very hard in that instance, in that split second, to make that decision. And uh, like I can, I can appreciate it. Like I'm, I'm fascinated with the whole thing of like wrongdoing or. Uh, like not practicing fair play or even like drug taking in sport and all these would all fall into this bracket and it's it's really brilliant like uh, it's it the more you look into it the more fascinating the subject is isn't it i was thinking about the rules say the rules of a of a game especially like a world cup where you have all these different countries and each country has its own unique culture yeah. uh, values and beliefs and practices and then they come together in this tournament um, uh, which has a, a, a set of rules, but like uh, morality, like you know, for one country might mean something different for from another country because their cultures are different. So cultural norms, like like that word viveza, 
Um, in Argentina, that's just part of the culture. Like, you know, people would be applauded for, for doing some type of bit of trickery, you know, and being crafty. Yeah, yeah. And you get a slap on the back, you know, well done. But in, say, in America or something, that could be looked down on. And, what, what, so, and, but, and then you also have what happens if the player grew up in one kind of culture and then they, they change teams and they're in a new culture and maybe maybe mm-hmm. they have to learn this new norm where oh like it's kind of almost expected of you to dive or it's expected of you to be a little bit crafty um yeah like that could be almost looked upon as moral disengagement like it's a uh, where yeah. you're not engaging with their type of morality yeah or your own like you, you you kind of um you make excuses almost for it to oh well look that's the way it is or jesus like I was facing an open goal, of course I was going to pop it in. Although maybe I did something a bit sneaky, but um, and it's funny that you were reading the Maradona book last week, and we decided to do this because obviously he's world famous for like the odd little event yeah. in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, any, any, yeah, any, what, yeah. anything else? Anything else jump out at you? Like um, a lot of it is football related. A lot well, of the stuff is football related. Mm, well, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, I suppose for me, like football, football would be um, the thing that comes to the sport that comes to mind because that's the sport I've always really been interested in. But the same principles would apply to different sports. Like it just happens to be kind of soccer we're mentioning here. But like I, t- I was thinking about the referee on the football field. I was like, the referee is like the enforcer of the rules. Um, and then I was kind of asking myself, what, what, why do they need a referee? Why don't if every all the players know the rules, why do they need a like an extra person to enforce them? And then yeah. there's obvious reasons why, like the the bias, you know, yeah. um, say people couldn't be trusted to be enforcing the rules themselves. So they have the referee, but then the referee is only human as well. Who wherever he was or she was brought up, like what comes from has that he or she has their own culture. They also you know, may kind of put their slant on morality mm. and how they enforce the rules. That's so you you are even it's the human element. It's how like the it's how the rules are interpreted and how they're chosen to be enforced then comes into play. So you can write as many rules down on paper to try have really fair game. But it's the human element that then moulds what that looks like on the field. And it depends on the sport as well. Now, yeah, um, like if you ever, if say, if you went to a rugby game and then you went to a soccer game straight after it, there's quite a discrepancy between how they're officiated. Like, uh, you know, the yeah. the likes of back talk or putting your hands on a referee or, um, yeah, yeah, you know, giving them a, a certain hand signal or just even being irate in in one sport it's it's not tolerated and it's not even just not like you just don't do it it's not the norm so you'll never really see a rugby player push the referee or um run up behind him and kind of shout at the back of his head or something that doesn't happen where in soccer mm. it's a weekly occurrence it's but it, it's it's yeah. pretty interesting across different sports um yeah and then another thing i was mm. i was thinking of the lance armstrong situation like over how over years like he, not only was he was he taking performance enhancing drugs but then um he was kind of the team had to go along with this as well and how you would kind of just show obedience by going along with it because if you if you get into his team and it's worth so much to you and there's a chance of being successful 
and say 10 of the 12 are doing it, the two that are out, they're either not going to be employed next year or they're going to do it. So it's, <clears> you, you know, that's where your your morals have to be like unbelievably principled to say, no, I'm going to step down. Like, and there's a, there's a thing I'd love to know and it's a study that I would love to do, but I don't know how I would do it. Um, it's it's something I raised when I was in college. Is is our our um? Let's see, our athletes that are more morally principled and make decisions based on that. Are they happier when they retire, or are they? Is there something that sets them apart when they leave the sporting world? Because if you're happy with the decisions you've made, even if in the mm. in the public eye you haven't been as successful as maybe you could have been, or like success is measured differently to to people. But I'm wondering, um. Although maybe you didn't get the trophy or you didn't get the the biggest paycheck, but you still had a great life and you mm. can stand by every decision you made, are you then when you retire more content? It's I don't know how how you would measure it, but I would. It's something I'm I'm interested. Yeah, in. I think it's such an individual thing. Like it's a like the person's character really would depend on how they can handle uh, how they're judged by other people. You know. So say Thierry Henry, you know, if he like he the the practical side of things might be every time he bumps into an Irish person, an Irish person might bring that up that he cheated. English people when they think of Maradona, they think they he cheated them out of a World Cup. So Maradona always ha- has that, you know, negative feedback from a certain group of people for the rest of his life. Like yeah. so God to be able to kind of block that out. I know I'm quite sensitive to what I think other people think of me. So to be like famous and have like a whole nation thinking negatively towards you is pretty, uh, that's like to be able to retire from football and handle that like, you know, like water off a duck's back. Gosh, I'd be very surprised if someone wouldn't feel the stress of it for, for many yeah, years after. To, you'd be, you wouldn't yeah. be human, I don't think of you. And you mentioned there yeah. the word character, like, which is, uh, that comes up in the literature and the question of does sport build character? And that's a great question because we would all say like, oh yeah, get your children into sport or, um, ah, well that person, they, they're very committed to their sport. Like they, they have great character. Like, but it's very hard to say if like nothing has really been definitive on that, whether, being an athlete or being in sport actually does um, build character. It's hard to know. Yeah, and then like I suppose character. It sounds like it's in the like the meaning of like say someone putting their kid in to build character. It's like building strength. Yeah, mental more so than resilience. like it, yeah, 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 yeah. As opposed to the difference between right and wrong, it's more like just that you can put up with the harshness of life, you know. Yeah, and what it throws at you, and that's kind of embodied on. Uh, on the football field or rugby field or wherever you know yeah well that's that's funny because kids um like when when kids get into sport their morality their decisions would be based on what's right and what's wrong like yeah and you'd hear it all the time kids are like uh, no you're not allowed to do that they would say to another child or um oh no that's that's bold or that's wrong you're not allowed whereas then like when you become a teenager and you become more aware of things that that's when like morality starts to kind of cloud because yeah okay it's not in the rules but is it kind of a wink wink nudge nudge or is it a like so as you get yeah. older you, you you go through these stages of behavior and uh, things change there was 
um, there was a story about coaches and if your coach favors uh, ill discipline or immoral behavior the athletes have more of a prevalence to show this behavior which i found fascinating like it's a Mm-hmm. I think that's that's cool. And even I was even thinking, I wonder in leadership, like in country leadership or in uh, is that similar? Because you have like a couple of leaders now in the world that they seem to almost um, uh, kind of support this kind of strange nationalistic kind of thing. And people seem to then thrive on it because you're you're hoping to make the leader proud in a way or kind of and it's, it's it seems to be the same in sport it's it's good as well isn't it because some like you can see it's some, like you've been given permission exactly being, yeah. it's from the top down you're being given permission to to do whatever it is good bad or indifferent you're it's like you're you're given the 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 okay to do it you know yeah yeah do, do, you, do you watch the rugby at all there was um just a few weeks ago it's very rarely it's fresh in my head because uh, England, England, Eddie Jones, the coach of England. Um, one Eddie of, Jones as well. He was the person who popped into my head when you were talking about uh, leaders and kind of because he he's he's in the papers a lot and I I have read some of the stuff he said about Ireland and other teams and he, he's a, he's a bit of an attitude like and he's bad a, attitude. He, in he my has, opinion. and I don't I don't know how much of it is legit or if it's kind of a character he plays, but. There was there was a really really big tackle on in one of the last games, and I mean he he could have taken your man's head off. And as as I heard one um, commentator say, it, it you could kill somebody with that kind of tackle. You could actually break someone's neck. And mm. it, now it was lucky because he only glanced the player, but it was the type of thing that if you got it right, I mean it, it could do lasting yeah. damage. And in the press conference afterwards, like Eddie Jones was saying, that's ridiculous. That's the, that's all part of the game. And you got to play strong and you got to be, and it was this kind of stuff of, of course you have to be strong. Rugby, rugby is a tough game, but you, that's also, it's kind of, um, you're promoting that kind of stuff. If, you, if I'm a 10 year old watching that interview, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. deadly, like Eddie Jones in England support this, that I'm a tough guy and I'm going to really throw myself mm. at somebody's yeah, head. For sure. So that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But sure, look, why would they have like a coach, like if, if, the coach's character didn't influence the players. They could have a robot coming in with all the stats and best ways to coach a team and a robot could do it. But the the character is the magic ingredient and that has to pass on to the players. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Has to, like. Yeah. You know, otherwise anybody could do it, like. You just have to follow it how to be a coach book, you know. You know? Now the thing about it is I suppose it it makes the opposition, it kind of, like, it's probably a bit like the Conor McGregor thing or certain boxers. It kind of winds the opposition up and sure, it's, it's probably not great behavior, but at the same time, they're they're kind of playing a character and when they leave that thing and go home to their family and friends, they're probably not like that. But it, I suppose they're hoping to, mm. they're hoping to, you know, get, get some coverage and t- they also take a bit of coverage off the team as well. It's a bit like the, the Trump idea of like, um, Hey, look over there. There's somebody wearing a big hat, like, well, like kind of the, the thief runs away with the stuff on the other side of the field or something, you know, it's kind of a, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a tactic of like, Hey, look over there. Um, actually I'm just going to go back to, because you were a, you're a soccer fan. There was a, there was an incident in, Oh, I don't know what World Cup, uh, maybe a World Cup in maybe Germany or something like that. Uh, and mm-hmm. Manuel Neuer, 
was in goal and Lampard it was it, he had a he had a really good effort and it hit I think it hit the bar and it bounced behind the line but um it wasn't yeah. picked it wasn't picked up and I have to say England okay. England are kind of uh, they they get some tough decisions in in World Cups like uh, you know uh, like with penalty shootouts and stuff like that and this was so yeah. but Manuel Neuer actually afterwards was asked about it and he said I knew it went over the line but basically I just yeah. took the ball and as quick as I could move the game on now that's yeah so so where do you go with that like that's that that's that's clearly it's clearly not the mm. behavior you want to do but is he supposed to turn around in front of his home country and in in front of 80,000 people and say to the ref, yeah, sorry know, that's a goal <laughs> or no I did I remember in school I remember I was in school and I had that experience where I so I, I'd only I joined the school late and like in fourth class or fifth class or something. So everybody knew each other for since they were kids, but I was kind of coming into the fray really late at a late stage. But um, we were playing, we used to play football in the yard. And because I was a new, the new kid, I, I, I tried to be neutral. So I, I never really took sides, but yeah, I was playing on one team. Like, you know, yeah. I'd be on a team. So one time the opposition scored but we weren't sure whether it went in or not and I then I always had the sense of fairness so I said no I, I actually it did it was a goal but I was saying that against my own team so the goal was against us yeah and it's an it's an awkward it's like it's an awkward balancing act to get like honesty and being part of the team because <laughs> you, you're kind of putting your place in jeopardy you know, by being honest all the time. It's, yeah, yeah. Are, they, are you going to be picked you know, or are you going to be in favour? And then it might... Or left out. Yeah, and it might shadow your actual, your skill level or your commitment. Like, you see, the problem is, I suppose, it all gets thrown into into the same thing. Like, even if you're even if you're there early for training and you're training all the time, but if you're the person that's very honest, you're, you might be dropped because of that. So, um, and sometimes you'll hear yeah. denial from people even with that ball going over the line, you might hear like the 80,000 fans of that team say, no, 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 that's, that's not, that's, that's clearly no goal. Where like, it's just denial. <laughs> yeah, kind of say, I often, I often hear like uncles yeah. or, or even my own dad would be like, um, I don't, no, that's that's not a foul. He, he didn't touch him there, and I'm thinking, well, he nearly took his head off, like, and you know, and even in slow motion, I'm I'm near. It's, yeah. it's hard to look at, and they're like, no, he didn't touch him. But then, in two seconds later, when it's the other way around, it's like, ah, referee, you're letting them away with murder. So, um, yeah, yeah, you, you, I'm sure you've come across that behavior as well. It seems like there's kind of a bit of chaos on both sides, and the the morality and the rules in the middle are just trying to drag the two sides together but they're never going to be fully on board with each other so it's just like it's it's kind of like don't expect people to to live by these rules like to the t but it definitely makes for as level a playing field as humanly possible Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but it's the human element that brings in that bit of um you know, like it's like in some cultures, it's that bit of not following the rules is like the spice, is the spicy bit. That's the excitement. That's the liveliness. Otherwise, right. it can be a bit bore. It could be too boring. Yeah. But yeah, it, I think we all in, instinctively know when we're crossing a line. 
And then it depends what's at stake. You know, is it World Cup finals at stake? Then you're you're willing to bend the rules that before the, <laughs> yeah. the normal. Yeah. So yeah, it's really not black and white. The rules are just there as a, a guideline, really, because nobody has to follow them. So then the question like, would be: Larry, you know, how how would you how would you promote like a more moralistic behavior? Like how do you? how do you kind of get your athletes or your team or your your colleagues how like what do you what do you do i I read recently that if you get them to take on different roles it so you if you understand what other people do in the organization or on the team it gives you more Mm. more compassion kind of for for what they're dealing with so i i and it just took me back to i used to deliver I used to deliver food and ever since I did that in my mid-twenties I look at delivering food completely different like I I, I see people working by night and usually they're doing it because they're they're trying to pay a bill or trying to pay for education and you know when when they come to the door I open the door and I give them a, a tip whereas like mm-hmm. when I was out delivering I remember like people closing the door uh, like then they'd go and get their money and then they'd come back and open it and they leave you standing in the garden and things and that's that's their prerogative but mm. there's and i when i read this about the same thing in sport when you have more empathy for others i think you mm. i i think and i think a lot of the world's issues are exactly that because like the whole even thing between east and west are different religions or the way people's cultures are like um it's just because we don't really understand them and we we've never done it before like if you've if you've delivered at 12 or 1 in the morning of a friday night after a week's work you know you'll you'll always mm-hmm. remember what it's like or if you've cleaned toilets like you'll always remember what it's like mm-hmm. so you've more sympathy more empathy to that person that cleans toilets or delivers and it's the same and it seems to be the same in sport you know so you're saying it takes w- one side to kind of um show the other and then when the other is on the receiving end of a kind gesture there's a higher chance that they'll reciprocate that uh, at some other stage yeah. they'll, they'll be fair back yeah or to, even yeah. even like say mm-hmm. even if you were a team you mix up the roles and or even maybe you you get the coach to be the player and the player to become the coach even just for a practice session or you you jumble it all up or you let the goalie play out and you mm-hmm. let so you all know what everyone's dealing with rather than just your own little thing because if you're a striker you're your striker your whole life and that's that's your mm-hmm. position and you never really have to understand what the goalkeeper is going through psychologically physically um, or a coach or and for that sake then mm-hmm. for the other for the opposition so it just shows that uh, like it there's no there's no one rule to it but I found it interesting to mix roles up to try and get more of an empathetic outlook it's 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 a good idea I know and and what does that then come back down to the coach so like say you have one coach that comes in and takes that approach and says you know we're going to really try uh have high moral standards and play fair we're going to focus on skill and ability right so that coach is in with that team for a couple of years and eventually that coach is going to leave and be replaced and then they bring a new coach in who's a different strategy and he's saying, okay, I have a tactic here. And if we go in hard on players, and we also do under press conferences, we're gonna I'm gonna say some stuff to try really get under their collar, to, under the team's collar. And they're using these strategies to win. So it's kind of like it's it's a it's just an ongoing 
like fairness isn't the constant. It's just as moments of fairness and moments of uh, brutality and hopefully the, the fair, the morality kind of wins over most of the time over immorality, but they're always going to be there. Like you can't have, yeah. it's yin and yang. Like they, they'll always be there. Like I wonder, um, just does, trying to get that balance. Does it come down to like then the culture, is the culture strong enough to see out one kind of bad cycle of coaching or is even is even a coach going to be attracted to a certain club because they don't play like Barcelona could one could one coach come in and change the whole Barcelona method uh, and for them to then just like be hoofing it up to the front or whatever or will they all you know like or is is it so ingrained <laughs> is it so ingrained in Barcelona that a coach is is not it firstly is not going to be attracted to work with them or is not going to be able to overpower the will from all the players and all the like the, the academy and everything it's mm. that's an interesting one where i suppose if there's no culture if there's no real deep seated culture then i suppose it's a free-for-all and whatever coach comes in will be will be looking mm. for it yeah that's that's a great question yeah yeah very interesting there's so much to it i really enjoyed researching that yeah it was it was it was it was brilliant to go back and look over some of the stuff and to try and um equate it to stories of like and uh yeah i really enjoyed it so um i hope all the listeners do as well it was a slightly different take on an episode this week it was uh we both took on a subject there we, we might do a few um like this we're going to do a few of these types of episodes but i hope you still find them in, enjoyable and if you know anyone that might benefit or might enjoy them again please share them on and um if anything if there was any questions raised get in touch with me jody i am uh, at talk to the bishop.com um, and i'm also on social media at talk to the bishop pop me a message or get in touch give me a call and um anything else there are you happy enough yeah no that's it jody yeah enjoyed that thanks very much okay so i will sign off and say thanks for listening folks and we will see you um early next week for episode 10